Good morning and welcome to a new week here on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Covenant Network. It is 7 a.m. on this Monday morning, February 6th. It's good to be with you today. And the sun, you know, this is one of those misleading times of year for me because I'm like, oh, the sun's up before the show starts. But in a month, we're going to spring ahead and we're going to lose that for a little bit. So we get my hopes up for a couple weeks here and then they'll be dashed, but then they'll come back after that. Let's pray our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on this Monday, we have a couple of things on tap for you here on Roadmap to Heaven. We have with us today uh, Alexander Schimpf, who is going to speak about the domestic church movement and family in the home. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident this is going to be the first of several conversations on this topic uh, with Alex. He's a delightful gentleman to speak with. We also are going to continue our series with Steve Wood on Worldview. And for our radio listeners, we're going to be talking about silence today, and we will continue our walk through the Mass. So that is what is in store for us on Roadmap to Heaven today. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a great Friday with First Friday Devotions and Saturday with First Saturday Devotions, a good Sunday Mass, some good time to relax. Uh, for those of you that had to work, you know, I hope that it was fruitful, and, and please know we appreciate the sacrifices that you make. And, um, yeah, so here's here's a new week, the first full week of February. Let's see what the weather has in store. We go now to Mike Roberts. This is the feast day of St. Paul, Miki, and companions who were martyrs. Born in Japan in 1562, he was the son of wealthy parents and educated by Jesuits. Growing up with a desire to serve the Lord, Paul became a Jesuit priest himself and was an outstanding preacher and evangelist, enabling the rapid and significant growth of the Catholic community. During the reign of Emperor Toyotomi Hideyoshi, Christians came under intense persecution as he worked to unite Japan and drive out those he considered imperialists. Arrested in Kyoto, with a large number of other priests, laymen, including men, women, and children of all ages, they were forced to march 600 miles to Nagasaki. There, 26 of those who survived the march were crucified on a hill now known as Holy Mountain. Children were among those martyred. He was hung from a cross, and having been pierced with a lance, Paul was amazingly still able to deliver a sermon. I did not come from any other country. I am a true Japanese. The only reason for my being killed is that I have taught the doctrine of Christ. I thank God it is for this reason I die. After Christ's example, I forgive my persecutors. I ask God to have pity on all, and I hope my blood will fall on my fellow men as fruitful rain. It was to Nagasaki that St. Maximilian Kolbe would go some 400 years later to build a Franciscan friary, which was still standing at the end of the day on August 6, 1945, after the Americans dropped the atomic bomb. Nagasaki is home to the largest population of Catholics in all of Japan. St. Paul, Miki, and companions, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. 
I've really been enjoying our recent conversations with Steve Wood. You may be familiar with Steve. We play his show every week here on Covenant Network. And we've been talking about seven questions that help us form a worldview, a worldview that we need to share with our children, with our youth, with our young adults, so that we can, you know, just help them strive for that life of holiness. And the first one we talked about was, where do I come from? And then closely tied to that is, where are we going? Uh, but Steve, I, I can't help but think, if, if we know where we come from, and, and, and I, I remember that principle, exitus reditus, that it comes from God and it goes back to God, right? If we come mm-hmm. from God and we're going back to God, well, what on earth are we doing here on earth? Why why are we here? Why couldn't he have just kept us with him from the get-go? Uh, so Steve, it, it's a little existential for morning drive, but let's talk about it. Why am I here? <laughs> why am I here? The meaning and purpose of life. Um I'd like to tell you about two, I regard, very important polls. And this was several years ago. But USA Today did a national survey, and this was of adults. This isn't just for young people. And they said this, what if you could ask God a question and get a direct and immediate answer? What would you ask him? And by far, the number one question that American, what is my purpose here, was what people would want to know. This is the number one question if people could ask God. Another poll, and this one's really important for a parent of a teen or a youth leader, but there was one theme that went right through the, uh, the teens as the number one need and interest and question and that was life purpose. So what's my meaning and purpose here? And we started with the two questions, where do I come from, where do I going? But part of what we're supposed to be doing here, according to the Catholic Catechism, it says in right in the beginning, section one, so you don't have to get too far into the Catechism to get this, the life of man is to know and to love God. And you read the first paragraph, You're called to know and to love God. And then the third paragraph, we are urged on by the love of Christ to proclaim the good news everywhere in the world. Now, somebody might say, oh boy, that's really a call for priests and deacons, but it's everybody. So this is a crucial role of the family to pass on the love of God. And since I'm talking with you, Adam, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but they would say, well, how in the world can I, you know, help pass on the love of Christ to the whole world? Well, send a check to your Catholic radio stations. I think it's the most effective tool in the United States of America for sharing Christ's love. In other words, we use our lives to let others in a manifold means to know the love of Christ. But very specifically, I have discovered a way that is utterly amazing, utterly amazing to find God placing his will in your life. Believe me, this works. And a lot of times we're looking for God to kind of do very dramatic things and such, but at the heart of the New Covenant, it says, 
for instance, the prophet Jeremiah was prophesying that God would bring a new covenant. But what's different about the new covenant, he says, I will write my law upon your hearts. In other words, God's a gentleman. In the new covenant, he's not going to come in with a bulldozer. He's going to come in very gently with the Holy Spirit and impress upon your heart what his will is. And in addition, he's going to give you a desire to do that. Your purpose as a Christian is to do his will and then also to work for that. In other words, he'll give you the strength, the inspiration, the power to accomplish it. You're not on your own here. So, again, God's the gentleman. He needs to be invited. So I have come up with a 60-second prayer. I have actually tried in quite a number of Catholic conferences to astonishing results. And it's basically, it doesn't really make too much difference what the exact words are. It's the intent. And I'm going to start with a 60-second prayer for life guidance. And this is how it would go. And if anybody's listening to us right now, Adam, pray it. And if you're by yourself, don't be embarrassed. Pray it out loud with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Dear Father, I ask you to place your will and your desires for my life within my heart. I ask you to conform my will and my desires to yours. Amen. Let's take that if you're um, trying to figure out what to do in college or where to go to college or what career to choose, you're a young person. Again, this is for college and career guidance. Gracious Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Dear Father, there are many choices I need to make regarding my future. I invite you to place within my heart your will and your desires for my life and future. Please make my heart willing to joyfully choose to do your will. And if you're a young person listening or parent of a young person, um, I think we should all consider a religious vocation. Not everyone is called to one, but here would be an adaptation of a 60-second prayer for a religious vocation. Gracious Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Dear Father, if you have a wish for me to become a priest or a religious sister, please put that desire within my heart and make my heart willing to joyfully choose your will. Amen. And Adam, that's my 60-second recommendation for finding your life purpose. Very specific, and you can adapt that. Say you have a job promotion and two potential jobs to choose from, or moving your family, or deciding if you're a single person, whom to marry, and anything like this, just asking God to put his will in your heart. It's the most exciting journey in life you can ever embark on. A little pro tip for, you know, and, and I sometimes hate using that language, pro tip. This is just basic uh, prayer for us. But 
Eucharistic adoration. If, if you want to pray these prayers Steve's just given us and, and you want to be in a great place to hear the answer, Eucharistic adoration is so important. Uh, Steve, I was at a conference recently and Bishop James Conley from Lincoln, Nebraska was sharing that on 99% of the seminary applications he receives, or maybe it was 9 out of 10, uh, 9 out of 10 say that they heard that call and that call was affirmed in Eucharistic adoration. And I, I'm, I'm willing to dare to say it's not limited to vocations to the priesthood, that if we spend that time with our Lord, we will hear that answer to the question, Lord, why am I here? How do I do your will? This has been a wonderful question to address today, Steve, and I'm really looking forward to where we go from here in our seven questions on forming worldview for youth and young adults. Thank you, Adam. Look forward to being with you again. A prayer for priests. Oh, my God, help those priests who are faithful to remain faithful. To those who are falling, stretch forth your divine hand that they may grasp it as their support. In the great ocean of your mercy, lift those poor unfortunate ones who have fallen, that being engulfed therein, they may receive the grace to return to your great loving heart. Amen. Precious blood of Jesus, protect them. We are always happy to meet new people. I'm always happy to meet new people. And today we are pleased to welcome, not quite to St. Louis yet because he's not here yet, boots on the ground, but Alex Schimpf, who's the new incoming headmaster for the uh, forming Chesterton Academy of St. Louis. We'll talk more about Chesterton Academy a little bit later. Today we're going to be talking about the domestic church movement and family spirituality. So Alex, on behalf of all of us here at Covenant Network, Almost welcome to town, but thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Thank you. So happy to join you. So, you know, we uh, were introduced by a mutual friend who said, you got to meet this guy, Alex. We started talking and immediately, you know, Roadmap to Heaven, we're always talking about practical ways that we can grow in holiness, especially families. You know, one of my main goals when we started this show was that when my wife was driving the kids to school in the morning, she could have the radio on and it would not just be relevant to her, but relevant to the whole family and safe for the whole family. So when you said domestic church movement, you know, alarm bells start going off in my mind, like, okay, we got to get this guy on. We got to talk to him on the air. So tell us a little bit about, uh, it sounds pretty straightforward, but what is the domestic church movement? Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned practical because that's really how I was brought into this. I was one of these guys who just wanted to become a saint by going to my parish and doing the regular Catholic stuff. So when my wife first told me, hey, let's go to this info meeting for this domestic church movement thing, I said, I don't want to do that. I'm happy not joining a cult. Let's try to avoid that. But what I found out about it, that's what it was. It was a practical way for us to achieve what every Catholic family is supposed to achieve, which is being a domestic church, to have a religious mission from God that you execute. So when I found out about it, then a lot of my obstacles were overcome. How I would describe it, it's just bringing some accountability, formation, and support to basic Catholic practices. So I joke about it being a cult, but it really isn't. We don't make any religious promises to anyone. There's no special hat or handshake. But what we do is we commit to a certain set of basic Catholic practices. And there are, I believe, seven of them. Daily personal prayer, daily reading of the sacred scriptures, daily prayer as a couple, 
daily family prayer. Now, if you don't have children, that's the one you get to cheat on. Your couple prayer and your family prayer can be the same thing. Having a rule of life, and I'll talk about what that is in a second, drafted by you and your spouse, again, not given to you by anyone else. Trying to make a yearly retreat as a couple or as a family. Seems like I might be forgetting one. How many is that? I hope you were keeping track. Uh, I don't do math this early in the morning. Okay, it's it's good. not good we're, for any of us involved. Right. And then finally, it's not it's not one of our seven practices we commit to, but we also, for support in those practices, we meet monthly with a group of other couples and a Catholic priest. And we call that our circle, where we just share joys and sorrows together. We pray together. We report on the fruits and difficulties of doing these practices. And then Father can be there to interject and guide us and give us some formation. So I, I want to say at the beginning, again, I didn't get into this because I was looking to do something weird, but my wife and I recognized fundamentally that we were flakes. All right. Like we would start praying the rosary as a family and we would be great for three months. And then things would get busy and we would let the whole thing go. And then it'd be months before we pick it back up. So we just had to honestly admit there are couples out here, out there who do this domestic church thing perfectly without any support that's not us. We need the shame of looking at another couple once a month and saying, hey, we didn't quite get family prayer done. And we found that God brought a lot of grace through that. So that's our story in a nutshell. I, I love it because, I mean, nothing that you're saying is new, but it is all good. And it's good to have that support structure. I mean, I'm thinking of how often do we do interviews here at Covenant Network and on Roadmap to Heaven every day. Um, and yet today, as we're getting ready for our interview with you, uh, you know, and for those of you listening on the radio, we're connected via Zoom right now so that we can see one another for the interview. And we actually will make this video available on our YouTube. Uh, YouTube page and on our social media. We'll share that with you later. But as we're getting set up, all right, are we ready to interview Alex? Yes, we're ready. And we do this every day. And yet I'm like, I can't hear him. I can't hear him. What is it? I didn't plug the cable in. Something that you have to do every time you have a microphone or, or a connection to do an interview, you have to plug the cable. And luckily there was someone here to say, Adam, plug the cable in. Okay, got it. Check. So, I mean, that is that is amazing to have that support network and, and humbling to hear that we're not the only family out there that needs someone to help remind them like, hey, do all of these good things for your family to grow in holiness. And by the way, let's do them together so that we have even more fun with them. Exactly. Yeah. My favorite line and my background is in philosophy and I, I love Aristotle best. We call him St. Aristotle. I know that's a hilarious joke. No one gets, but He's got this line with others, we are more able to think and act. And I have found that to be so experientially true in my life, whether it's working out, whether it's studying, and then finally, even your spirituality and prayer in a family, you band together with other families and suddenly the impossible becomes possible through that, well, through our social nature as human persons. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking immediately of our family and it's been a while since We've gotten to all go on retreat at the same time. I don't think we've ever actually done that with all of the kids that we have now. We've done it before we had five kids. Uh, but it doesn't have to necessarily be a formal program that you go to the retreat center and they're presenting everything. You might have a, a good connection with a priest, whether it's in your parish or your diocese, and you can wrangle up some families and, you know, go rent some cabins somewhere and say, we're going to have a retreat. And, you know, everybody gets their own cabin. Father gets his own cabin. You have mass together. You have talks. You have uh, community time together. It, it really could take on any number of shapes and forms here. 
Oh, I love that. And and we had domestic church families do that during the pandemic. I was so edified because as a movement, we arrange some family retreats every summer at different times of the year and evangelization retreats. But when all the retreat centers shut down, there were some circles that were just such hard chargers. They said, well, exactly like you said, Father, if we just rent these cabins for a week and will you just come say mass for us and we'll just have a retreat? And they did it. And I thought, man, that's exactly the way we should be as Catholic parents. So we just don't take no for an answer. We get this done. And we, we can do that. We sometimes forget because so much is done for us as Catholics. And that's great because, again, we've already established I'm a little bit of a slacker. But at the same time, we can show that kind of initiative. We are given the Holy Spirit and confirmation to be able to lead our families in this way and then further strengthened by the sacrament of marriage. So we really have no excuses, but we just need to humble ourselves to know we need to do this with other people. That's the key. Perfect. And, and you know, I, I can only think of my children who are like, you want us to do what? Are there going to be other kids there, Dad? And and when they find out, yes, there are other kids, okay, we're good. Take us anywhere. There's food. There's kids. There's fun. There's outdoors. We are happy to go. Alex, it's been wonderful to speak with you this morning about the domestic church movement. I do want to make real quick mention because people might be saying, wait, hold on. You said Chesterton Academy at the top of the interview. I haven't heard of this one. So tell us just really quickly here about the Chesterton Academy of St. Louis. Oh, it's fantastic. So I have I happen to see this job, Bolton, of this new Catholic high school starting in St. Louis. And you're from St. Louis, so you know that that's kind of dicey. That's kind of exciting. Uh, St. Louis has a lot of high schools. So I originally went and looked at it kind of like you might stop to watch a house fire or a car accident. But then I looked at the curriculum and I fell in love. So once I saw this, I kind of just had to be involved. And I, I knew it was going to be a wild adventure. Again, you're starting a high school. You have to find a location. You have to convince some students to join you and some teachers. But I knew this is worth it. And I, I thought, you know, if I ever started a high school, this is exactly the curriculum I would put in place. And I like this. So I am so excited about Chesterton Academy. Excellent. Well, friends, for more information on that, the website, Alex, is... I, wow, Chesterton Academy, St. Louis. Just search that in Google. All right, we'll, we'll put that out there. And we'll, we'll put the link in the description today. We'll, we'll save you a little bit of homework here. See, that's we have a catechist segment where normally we ask catechetical quiz questions, but as the new headmaster, you know, we might just start throwing all of these St. Louis questions at you. What, what is toasted ravioli? What is frozen custard? And where do you go for that when uh, you're in town? But we'll, we'll spare you that today. Uh, Alex, we want to thank you for being with us. We do need to take a break. We're, we're past time on a break here on Roadmap to Heaven, and we look forward to having you back with us. Everybody else, uh, well, we got more Roadmap to Heaven in store. Stay tuned. A prayer for the gift of wisdom. Great is the wisdom of the Lord. God Almighty, your wisdom includes an understanding of what is fair, what is logical, what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. It mirrors your pure intellect. I entreat you to grant me such wisdom that my labors may reflect your insight. Your wisdom expands in your creations displaying complexity and multiplicity. Your wisdom is an eternity ahead of man. May your wisdom flourish forever. Amen. We are going to celebrate a feast day in our catequiz today. Our catequiz today is about that feast day, the memorial of Our Lady of Lords. And so it's a two-part question for you today. Uh, first question, in what country would you find lords? What country? The answer is is France. Lourdes is in France. And whom did the Blessed Mother appear to? 
in the apparition at Lourdes? The answer to that, St. Bernadette Subaru. Um, wonderful, wonderful saint. If you don't know much about St. Bernadette, wonderful uh, witness to the faith, you should look her up and read a little bit about her in the lives of the saints. Uh, you'll be glad you did. We are going to get you one more check of the weather here, and then we have a new week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement ahead of us, so we'll check in with Patty Schneier as well. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. It doesn't seem like that long ago we were saying, wow, it's a brand new year, and yet here we are starting the second month of the year, our first full week of February, and with us with a new topic for our Daily Dose of Encouragement is Patty Schneier. Patty, it's always good to be with you. Great to be with you, Adam, and all of our listeners. This week, we are going to take a look at a specific book in Scripture. I want to look at Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Now, when most people think about Matthew 5, you think of the Beatitudes. Absolutely, the Beatitudes are in Matthew 5 and they are how we are to be, how our attitude is to be, gives us great, great, great spiritual insight. But many people don't look at the rest of Matthew 5. And so this week, I want to unpack some nuggets of truth from the rest of Matthew 5. It's a great chapter in Scripture when you need to maybe reevaluate your life, when you need to take a look at some things. It's almost like a litmus test or reality check for us. And I think our Lord is giving us some great, great wisdom in Matthew 5. So today... I want to look at Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16, that says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We all know these, these verses. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket, just so your light must shine before others. Okay, here's the question for our self-evaluation this morning. Are you the light? Are you positive, shining? Are you a bright, shining light in your family, at work, in your neighborhood, in your parish? When people look at you or when people look at me, do they see light? Do they see God? Let's be salt and light today. Maybe add some flavor to your day. That's what salt does, right? It adds flavor flavor to food. So we need to add flavor to the world. So bring some spice to your work, which could be a smile, a gift, a random act of kindness. Pray for opportunities to be light today for someone who's in darkness or in a messy situation. You know, you can be light in a messy situation. So remember, you can either curse the darkness or you can light a candle. So today, let's just be light. I'm thinking of my favorite fast food French fries, and when they come fresh out of the fryer and they're freshly salted, they taste phenomenal. But when they come out of the fryer and they forget to put the salt on them, oh, it's a penance. And Patty, I, I don't want to be that kind of French fry in the world. I want to be the freshly salted one. I love that you're bringing this to our attention today. In the middle of the night last night, we uh, heard the knocking at the door, that little tap, tap, tap of one of the children saying, can I come in? And so what's going on? And 
well, I'm scared of the dream that I had. And I said, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. Why don't you go back to bed? I don't want to go back to bed in my room. I'm just too scared to go back to bed in my room. And I said, well, why don't you get your blanket and your pillow and you can lay down on our floor? And I can't see to go to the floor. So it's amazing. I just turned. We, we've got uh, lights that we can control via smart app. You know, I can just say, Siri, turn the lights to this, right? And 5% is what we set the light to. And that was more than enough light in the darkness to see, to put down a pillow and a blanket and get comfortable and fall back asleep. And as we're going to talk about being the light of the world and the salt of the earth, you know, you may think I'm not that much of a light to the world. Am I, am I really that much? Well, you might not be, but 5% sometimes is all the difference. 5% might be all that's needed. So give 100% today. And even if your 100% only becomes 5% for someone else, that 5% can still be useful. This week on the show, we're going to continue. Um, well, we're, we're going to just keep, I, I think this month especially, there's a lot of different things we're going to talk about, but we're going to be focusing on family a couple times this week in the show as well. So stay tuned for that and more. If you missed first Friday and first Saturday, I just want to tell you, mark your calendar now for March. And especially if you're looking for something good to do for this Lent, if you don't pray the rosary every day, let this Lent be the time you start praying the rosary every day. And we are in the Jessima season. We're less than 70 days from Easter, which means Lent is right around the corner. So don't wait until Ash Wednesday to start praying the rosary every day. Start now. Get into the habit now so that you can do it this Lent. And I guarantee you, if you start praying the rosary every day right now and you pray it throughout the season of Lent, you'll keep praying it beyond the season of Lent, which is actually the goal. We're to pray it each and every day. Um, but don't fret too much. But mark your calendar now for first Friday and first Saturday in March so you don't miss it next month. And that's the reminder for us today. Let's close our time together in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My uh, native tendencies kicked in there, and I almost said St. Louis, Terror of Demons. I don't know that he was the Terror of Demons or not, but he's a, another great saint we could emulate. But let's make sure we keep going to St. Mary, uh, the Blessed Mother, and to St. Joseph. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and we want to thank you for tuning in. We are going to have the show available for you up on the uh, podcast later this morning. And uh, every now and then, check out Covenant Network on YouTube, Covenant Network Catholic Radio. We post some of the videos of interviews we conduct there. Until next time, as the Blessed Mother asks us to do every day, and I just told you this, pray your rosary today. <laughs>